Welcome to a brief chat. This is the episode for Monday, February 17th. I'm Owen Crane. I'm Jason Crane. And we'll be back for a brief chat that is not going to be brief at all. And an even longer <laughs> segment that's even less brief right after this. Hi, this is Jason's sister, Gretchen. Did you know that in addition to listening to a brief chat, you can also become a supporting member? It's true. There are three membership levels, and all of them come with cool bonus material, and some even come with the chance for you to be on the show. Visit abriefchat.com and click on the Support the Show link today. It'll just take a few minutes to join, and you'll be helping Jason and Owen make more episodes of the show. Plus, maybe my brother will finally be able to pay back the money he owes me. Now back to the show. What up? Hey! How are you? Uh, amazing. Yeah? Why yeah. are you amazing? Because Tucson. Oh, my God. It was everything I could have dreamed of and then some. Yeah? Tell me about it. Um, that makes me happy, obviously. <laughs> yeah. No, it was... Holy shit, you weren't kidding about the sunshine. Like, we were there for five days. I think maybe just under five days. And I forgot what it was like to be cold and in Pennsylvania. And, like, immediately I came back and was... Um, just said over and over again this is going to be the longest two weeks of my life um but no like it was beautiful i could see myself there like we turned a corner on a street at one point just like randomly and i got a sense of being at home yeah and so just to wrap a little context around this in case folks haven't caught up because i'm still actually kind of amazed at the people who message me online and say you guys are going to tucson i'm like we've talked about nothing else online in our but podcast tucson. everywhere but tucson for weeks but anyway we we had this plan to move to massachusetts it kind of we that kind of fell through we turned our sights to tucson all of a sudden things started coming together my uh, job informed me that i couldn't travel during the week that included valentine's day and so i quit my job and then all of a sudden our moving date got really shortened up and what had originally been kind of a fact-finding trip to Tucson to see if you would even like it became a trip where we had to find an apartment because the apartment we currently live in is already rented and we have a hard date to move out at the end of this month. And so all of a sudden, there was so much weight on this trip because, first of all, there was every chance in the world that you might not like it and then we'd have two weeks to figure out where else to live. And even if you did like it, we didn't have a place to live and we had essentially three days because we two of those days were travel days of our five days, three days to find an apartment. So now I want to come back to the very first night. <laughs> we get off the plane in Phoenix. It is pouring rain and about 42 degrees. In the desert. In the desert. We drive through a blinding rainstorm to Tucson. It's cold. I have a panic attack. That's what I wanted to get to. So um, obviously both of us under a little bit of stress in our life. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I think last night was maybe the first night either of us have genuinely slept in like a few months. Um, and so all of that was building up. And the straw that broke the camel's back for me was the fact that there was a $200 deposit on the rental car that I didn't realize. And like, it was fine. We could afford it. We got that deposit back. But it was just enough to make my brain go. Small technical point. We haven't yet received that deposit back. I thought you said we got it back. No. I was wrong. I, it was just the charge for the car went through, but I haven't actually gotten the money back. Oh, motherfucker. I'm sure we, I'm sure we will. I'm okay. sure we will. Yeah, you're we telling me it. this so I don't have the panic attack again yes, right now. We haven't yet. Yeah. Anyways, having a panic attack in a Kia Soul on the way to Tucson. <laughs> Is the title of our new album. <laughs> <laughs> and you turn to me and you go, please take one of your Xanax for me, personally. Um, 
but your mantra thing yeah I thought really stood out yeah so i um i i I wish I knew who it was so I could credit them, but a person on Twitter was talking about how they were dealing with their anxiety by um, challenging the thoughts in their brain that come from their anxiety that are what is everything goes wrong with what if everything goes right. And so I just kind of started saying that to myself and my brain was like, yeah, that's fucking stupid. But it was just enough to like take the edge off of what I was feeling to be like, there's more options than just everything, you know, failing and and going to shit and uh everything went right so <laughs> yeah we ended up with an apartment which is amazing uh thank it's god a nice place in a in a nice little apartment complex it's kind of small you know it's got a pool am i breathing into Plus, it yeah you're breathing hard out of your nose <sighs> the microphone. uh it it's really lovely we the person who rented it to us was very nice and it kind of you know happened through a series of other things going slightly wrong to get us to this place vaulted ceilings it has vaulted ceilings and a skylight skylight ceiling fan two bed two bath <laughs> i don't know what voice you're doing jacuzzi and pool it's disturbing gas grill <laughs> outdoor fireplace seating suddenly i don't think i'll be moving into this apartment <laughs> that's slash, okay slash i'm the primary on this lease yeah <laughs> that's true. good luck <laughs> sex grotto that leave that in the apartments.com you know, we've ended up getting this apartment, which was fabulous, which relieved a lot of tension. And then, you know, there was the second question, which was what well, which really was the first question to me, which was, how are you going to feel about Tucson, period? Because really, the, the first night and the whole first day we were there, it rained and it was cold, which is very not Tucson. Yeah, it was raining in 40 in Tucson while it was also raining in 40 in Pennsylvania, <laughs> exactly. which was pretty great. Um, but then luckily, the next three days, it was gorgeous. Yeah. And we got to go out in the desert. We got to go to, you know, a few of the kind of touristy sites, but that are pretty great. We got to eat amazing Mexican food at El Charo, my favorite restaurant. And we just got to kind of be outside in short sleeve shirts. We got to hang around with my Aunt Linda and Uncle Rich and my cousin Todd and all of the dogs and cats and such. And it just it felt so different. Uh, just speaking personally now. Because this place has become so toxic for me and because I feel like such a recluse here, it felt so nice just to be like out on the streets where I wasn't worried what anybody thought of me and where I felt like I could just be whoever I wanted to be. That was really powerful for me. Yeah, I could definitely I could feel the weight that lifted from you at that point. Like you seemed happier than you have in a very long time and just freer, you know, like you were sillier out in public with me and just i think freer is just the best word like you were you were more yourself than you have been in a long time we we went to a thrift shop on uh, the first day that we were there on fourth avenue and the tucson thrift shop and i bought uh, a guayabara shirt and another old shirt guayabara shirts are like these cuban shirts that if you look at my Instagram, at Jason D. Crane, every picture I'm in, in Tucson, I'm in, in one of these shirts just about. But anyway, and I bought, you know, the little goofy cap. and It's not goofy. It's cute. Yeah, it's cute and goofy. And I just, I suddenly just felt, I kept saying party Jason is back, which is a little bit of a joke because there never was a party Jason. But there, there was a more outgoing, happier jason before there was even one of those here in state college and yeah. i'm excited for the chance for that jason to to reemerge, which is cool me too i'm excited for party jason but i'm excited for all the jasons Thanks. i love all the jasons so thank you yeah of course so now we've got about 10 days from this moment when we're recording this right now which is sunday night uh, 
to pack up all our stuff. And we've started, but we got a long way to go. Yeah, we've started, but that's about, for me at least, that's about it. However, you have to work seven of those ten days, but I have to work zero of those ten days. So also true. my job is essentially going to be packing while you keep earning us the money that we need to live. And <laughs> a uh, minor task. A minor task that is absolutely crucial to our continued survival. And then, of course, you have a job in Tucson doing what you're doing now. Yes. And I've applied for a couple jobs. I have a job interview as most of you are listening to this today, Monday afternoon, and I've also uh, that's for an activisty job, and then I've, I'm a couple stages in on a radio job, you know, where I've sent a couple demos, but uh, not not really sure when or if that will come to fruition. But in any case, I I mean we're we're under the gun right now, time wise, but it still feels less tense because we have a goal and a place we want to be, and it's there for we're us. not going to be homeless yeah in 11 days yeah yeah that's pretty good we also did a thing that i want you to talk about a little bit which i found really fun and wouldn't have done though if i weren't with you which is the tour of grocery stores yeah. of the tucson area we spent a whole day just going to different grocery stores because it's a family tradition essentially an unspoken family tradition that in your family in my family that when we go to a new place we look in all the grocery stores and like especially local grocery stores um and so obviously I was like, A, I'm visiting a new place, but B, we going to live here and I'm going to use some of these grocery stores, <laughs> grocery stores. Um, <laughs> to buy rotisserie chickens. <laughs> to buy <at>. some rotisserie <laughs> chickens. Um, and it was amazing. We went to Sprouts first, which was kind of like a more localized Trader Joe's type environment, but not... With the addition of like a big health food yeah or health uh, products yeah like a big woo woo supplementy kind of an area and not like they had their own brand i I think it was probably more like a whole foods yeah 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 because it wasn't like they're exclusively their own brand but like well-priced stuff um i geeked out about the price of avocados and pineapples yes which was amazing um we went to the food conspiracy which is a co-op on yes and i got real down with co-ops real quick it sucks because i don't think that it'll actually be i don't think it'll work for us immediately financially wise but hopefully eventually because you mean to be members yes or even to like buy a lot of the stuff there because it's mad expensive i mean it's also all organic and all locally sourced which is great but we're not really on an organic locally sourced budget right now unfortunately yeah um and i would like to eat and vegetable yeah um and then we went to... El Super in South Tucson. Oh, that was my favorite one. So first of all, you walk in. Th- the name's in Spanish. It's in South Tucson. Which is the primarily Mexican part of Tucson. Yes. And it's... Everything's in Spanish first and English second, which was amazing. There's salsa music playing and other things. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And there's this amazing meat counter that just spans like the... And, and seafood counter, which just spans the entire like one wall of the supermarket and like cuts I've never seen before different like stuff marinated that I've never seen before. And it's just all well-priced and beautiful looking. And it was, uh, it was absolutely amazing. And like peppers I've never seen before, different produce I've never used before and all really well. priced. <laughs> this is an ad for El Super. <laughs> yeah. But it's like moving from here, 
from State College, Pennsylvania, which is more diverse than you would think because of the university here. There's a lot of students from other countries here. But I mean, the surrounding area is, you know, 90 something percent white or whatever. Moving to a place like Tucson and, you know, Tucson's in the very south part of Arizona. So even more than Phoenix, Tucson is still a city with a lot of its former heritage when it was Mexico. And Tucson still has a, a very large Latinx population. And there are places in Tucson where you can go and you won't hear any English at all. You know, you can yeah. spend the whole day and you'll never hear anybody speak English, which is really cool. I I always loved, like, for example, about living in New York City, the fact that you could travel around on the train and you might not hear anyone around you speaking English. It just it was useful to be reminded how much bigger the world is than the part of it I often kind of get stuck in, you know, in my little brain or yeah. my daily actions. And I've, Tucson is kind of cool that way, too, I feel like, because you are up against another culture every moment of every day because that's just what the town is like which yeah. I think is pretty neat I think life is better for that I you totally know? agree yeah. yeah no I totally agree so we're headed there we move into our new place on March 2nd uh, after a drive across the country and then who knows I mean we're gonna you know kind of build new lives for ourselves one of the things that I loved about this trip too that we talked about a little bit is that I think it's the most time we've had just being together oh my God, since yeah. our honeymoon and that was amazing because I think we were both, you know, missing each other to to an extent. Especially with our work schedules. God, yeah, how that was before. And when we get to Tucson, I don't start work until the 10th. So we have essentially from the 26th until March 10th where we just get to be with each other. Um, and who knows, maybe we'll want to like kill each other by the end of it. I doubt that. We've yeah. never had that from being around each other a lot. Um and just, like, we did things that we just haven't really done, like walking in the sunshine all the time. God, yes. And we went out to the Desert Museum and to San Javier and... Saw Mexico from my house. Yes, exactly. You can just stand there and look out and see Mexico. And, you know, we went to a, a Native American reservation. Let's just insert here that it's awful that those exist and that those folks have lost their land and that the reason it's a reservation is because of all the white people. But taking that as read, uh, it's it's still kind of cool to be surrounded by that culture, uh, even though, you know, it's been incredibly forcibly localized. But we just spent time together doing things we don't have the time to do here or because it's wintertime, we can't really do here. And doing things we love. Yeah. Uh. yeah. And I, I want to say again, and I've said this before, you know, uh, as Mark Marin said once years ago the thing about geographic therapy is that when you go somewhere you take yourself with you and that is true yes we're gonna still take ourselves with us we're gonna still have money problems probably we're still gonna have you know some tensions in our lives we will sometimes argue and fight tucson is not it's not a magical land where all things are beautiful all the time no it's not like this is gonna fix anything but it certainly is gonna change things it will and i think one thing that it will for me per speaking very personally one thing it will do is take me out of this incredibly toxic and fearful environment into a place where i don't feel that way which is enormous and also i keep saying this you cannot underestimate the effect of sunshine no you really can't and Especially i mean for two depressed people <laughs> that and i I took weight to that before we went, but then we went and actually experienced it. And I was like, oh my God, I forgot what it was like to be in the sun. And it was just there a whole bunch of the time. And the sky is so big in Tucson and there's just like the mountains. I've never seen any mountains like that before in my life. It's just, 
they look fake sometimes when you look out. They're like matte paintings for a yeah. Star Wars film or something. They're so yeah. huge. It's like you're in the biosphere. Yeah. Two. <laughs> we are in the biosphere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, and they're just... They almost feel alive in a way. Like, I've never had looked at mountains and wanted to say, like, hello, mountains, every morning when I wake up. But I kind of want to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... It's a very different... While the geographic therapy thing is is not foolproof, it is the case that if you live someplace that's not healthy for you, you should move. It's going to suck. Yeah. yeah. And life can be made better by moving. And then at the same time, if you move to a place where that fulfills at least one of the things you most want out of life, which is to have warm, sunny weather all the time, that's obviously a good thing. So I'm super excited about it. I think it's going to be really good for us. I'm excited about all of the things that are there for us to do, uh, both in terms of our activist lives and our cultural lives and our family lives. It was a really big week for me family-wise. I found out a lot of stuff I never knew Yeah, uh, that maybe I'll go into someday. And I just – I think it's going to be great, and I'm – I'm super psyched. For me, obviously, the one huge downside is that my kids are not going to Tucson. Um, that part is really difficult. But I, they have been incredibly supportive. And, of course, they'll come visit us. And I think all in all, in terms of quality of life, it's going to be a big move upward uh, you know, for me and for us. Yeah, that wasn't an easy decision for you to make, too. And I know you – that's not it, – it didn't take a week. It didn't take a month you know, didn't take a year. Um, you know, it took more than that. And, you know, I think, I think this is the best decision still for, for everybody. I think it's the healthiest for everybody. I think so too. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a very quick pause. This is going to be, uh, as you can already tell a long episode of this show, and we're going to come back with our friends, uh, Madeline and James. And I just want to say about everything you just heard and about everything you're about to hear. Uh, I am still pretty jet lagged and it's, you know, late on a Sunday night and I'm going to do almost no editing of this show to be totally honest. So we're just leaving it in, letting it ride. And I think that'll be fine. Cause we'll do it live. <laughs> That's right. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Um, so enjoy. We'll be back in just a second with Madeline and James. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So Owen and I are here. We are gathered around our dining room table with uh, two microphones too few and uh, our good friends, uh, Madeline Beaver, who's returning to the show. Welcome back. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. And uh, first time in it on this show is uh, James McCready. It's great to have you here. Hi. Hi. Uh, now, you guys actually reached out to us um, to talk about being guests on this show because uh, you wanted to talk about the idea of relationships and redefining them, uh, which I think can be amazingly complicated. But in this day and age, and especially in a day and age where our relationships are constantly being inspected on social media, for example, um, I find that you know the whole idea of who are we and how do we present ourselves and all of that kind of thing can be pretty tough to to figure out and maintain. So maybe, um, Madeline, I'll start with you and, and yeah. just ask you to kind of t- talk about why you wanted to be here yeah so um yes you're right it is hard to define things yeah and especially when you feel like people are watching you and have certain ideas of you um which i think is something that we figured out in the reason why kind of why we wanted to come on here is talking about we just kind of went through a transition of we were in a romantic relationship for five years and then over the past year 
well, we retroactively realized that our relationship kind of ended, which was weird to realize after the fact, um, but that the that the romantic relationship had ended. But then we realized that we were still absolutely like best friends, totally still connecting and wanting to be around each other. Um, but just realizing that we need to transition from a quote unquote, you know, romantic relationship into just like a friendship. Um and yeah, I mean, it, it was like a kind of an odd transition because it was like quick and that like once we realized that it was like, oh, we're still friends. And we still want to be around each other. Um, it was like, oh, that's it. We were definitely like having problems and it was like, this is weird and like things aren't quite connecting like how they used to. But then we realized it was like because we were putting these like pressures on of like, you know, whatever things that you feel like you have to do when you're in a romantic relationship, that those things were becoming more of like we have to do this as opposed to like what we wanted to do and what felt natural and stuff um so then as soon as we kind of peeled that off and was just like we just like being around each other and we're really good friends it was like boom that's that's it so james can you talk about how you how the two of you started to talk about this to each other because that i imagine that's a challenging conversation to start oh boy well for for months uh, leading up to it uh we just would have sort of non-talks sort of uh something's not right some like what's we're not on the same page that was madeline's big thing we're not on like just moments of us noticing we're not quite syncing up the way we were before and then even getting closer to it uh i think we both were processing it ourselves but we weren't talking about it which wasn't very good but so like there would be a day where i would i would want to talk about it and i would be like crying about it and madeline would be like what is happening and then similarly like madeline would be having it and i'd be like what why what (laughs) and and it just started happening more and more and more frequently finally it was like we both knew before we even said it that like the relationship was going to have to end but the second we said it, and then the second we realized the relationship was, for the last year, what we always wanted it to be anyway, like this friendship that we had, we realized we wanted to continue the way we were, but we didn't need to call it that anymore. Right. So, like Madeline sort of said, it was just like, ding, and we were totally okay. So, like, we had we had grieved leading up to it and then the second we had, we were like oh okay let's go to bed and we went to <laughs> yeah, bed <laughs> yeah and yeah. the problems then came when we were telling people uh and we were uh, instantly joking about it and they weren't ready for it oh, no. <laughs> yeah yeah lots of like this is why we broke up kind of jokes oh. and like <laughs> and our friends were like we're not ready for that yet like let us let us process this and we're like okay we were processing this for like a year yeah, sort so. of subconsciously yeah. that yeah it was it was funny and my favorite joke uh for listeners i had recently had braces and i had i just had them taken off nice straight Congrats. thank you nice straight teeth my favorite joke was oh madeline only liked me for my crooked teeth <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah 
we should point out for people who are just meeting the two of you right now that you two live together yes. and you still live together. Yes. Which, uh, you know, the end of romantic relationships is not often heralded by, hey, let's keep living together. No, not at all. In the same bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. So, yeah, no, that, that was definitely, I think, a, the biggest part of it was that, like, when we were feeling really sad about it, it was that we thought it was going to have to be like any traditional kind of breakup where you, like, are totally cut off from the person and you like don't talk to them or see them for a long time um, because obviously most of the time when you're ending a romantic relationship there's a reason for doing that but we were like we don't need to like separate and never see each other again like that's not where we are so as yeah so I think it was like realizing like oh we're still totally fine to be around each other um, yeah and we, we were continuing to sleep in the same bed for a while we now have our own beds and our own bedrooms which is really nice actually and I thought it would be we thought it might be a little bit weird at first we were like are we gonna like feel sad about it but we're like no we're we're very good now. Um, I I mean, not to like any intense degree. Um, No, but, and yeah. Closing my door tonight. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but, and it's been cool to be able to, I think, um, separate in like good ways and like healthy ways and be like, we're friends. We're still obviously super, super close, but I think it's been nice to kind of unconnect in like good ways of just like we don't have to feel like obligated to each other in some ways I think we were struggling with. And um, yeah, just certain things that weren't quite connecting that we can kind of just be like, that's okay if we're not 100% connecting on every single thing like it's totally fine um but yeah and living together still totally works so <laughs> nothing has changed yeah basically yeah it's like nothing has changed and we we now have roommate wednesday which is like kind of like a date night only <laughs> in that friends. but for friends because oh my god they are roommates yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we quote that a lot <laughs> yeah like why wouldn't you want to have a sleepover with your best friend every night exactly yeah. exactly yeah that's how i feel <laughs> So we live in a very small fishbowl of a town, and you two are fairly public people in that town because you uh, are part of this performing arts uh, community, Mm -hmm. and one thing that has been true for almost all the time that the two of you have been public figures is that you've been public figures together in a relationship. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, what I one of the things I was watching for I've noticed this is common I don't know if there's a term for it yet but I've noticed that the breakup post mm. has become very common in social media mm. this the the long you know we've decided to find a different blah 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 yeah and, uh, I've seen them from super famous people and just people right. that I know and so <clears throat> I kind of once you message me privately or message us privately yeah. I kind of watched to see if there would be like the announcement you yeah know, like the reverse wedding announcement or whatever. right. <laughs> And um, and I haven't seen one, which doesn't mean it didn't occur, but I didn't yeah. see one. So, But I'm no. wondering how you guys are navigating the fact, like, and James, you kind of alluded to it, but how you are navigating the fact that kind yeah. of everybody knows you guys. Right. And as a couple. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so no, it's funny that you brought up, like, a post because I've, I've been kind of going back and forth recently just over the past couple of days of being like, I kind of feel like I want to post something. And it's a weird, like, instinct. And I think it... I don't, it's like, I feel like I need to still think about it more and like dig deep into like why I feel like I need to. But I, but I do feel it more like from a standpoint of just like, I feel like I want people to know. But then I like said as I was talking about it, I was like, I could just message people privately. Like, I don't have to have like a big, like, I get why like celebrities do it. You know, if like celebrities are like divorcing or whatever and they want to like have like a statement to the public or whatever. Um, but I'm like, I don't really need to do that <laughs> as just a normal person. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think it's nice from a standpoint of, 
like everybody can just like if you're putting it in a place like anyone who has questions about it, they can just like go and read it or whatever. Um, but yeah, it is a weird thing. Yeah. in that obviously a relationship is always kind of a public thing. And for us, yes, definitely. And like that we, you know, like did a show where we were like romantically together. And like so people definitely, I think, have an idea of us as kind of like being linked in that way. But I think what's important is like we're not unlinked. You know, I think that's the important thing that like people I think should know and like do know if they've like been around us since the the incident <laughs> um but <laughs> um <laughs> but but yeah that like just because like it is different but also it's not really that different and and that we're still definitely like really close and we're still always gonna like have each other in each other's lives so you know that <laughs> i bet this will serve as our post Oh, yeah. that too. <laughs> well, that's true. I didn't even occur to me yeah. that I'm actually doing a very public I'm holding a microphone right now. <laughs> but it makes it, I mean, if people listen to the whole thing, that'll make it easier for us. Yeah. Because, well, because of the complicated nature of it, we typed up a little thing that, like, really tried to capture all of it at once instead of, like, telling someone, like, hey, we broke up, and then, you know, their initial reaction, and then being, and trying to explain it. It's just like, here's everything. I hope you get it. We could talk about it if you have questions. But to put that in a post, it's like more. a broad post, it's, it's, it's more dramatic. Yes. It's more like I'm making this announcement where telling our individual friend groups with this sort of like, hey, guys, heads up. Here's what's up. Here's all the things you would need to know about it. We can totally talk about it. But it was more, it seemed to us more instantaneously getting all the information of them at once rather than trying to talk about it. In real time, which could be can be a little more. But I guess maybe this yeah. this form will take longer. <laughs> well, yeah. We have to listen to the whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also I think it is nice in a way to tell people over a message or something because then they can have their initial reaction like privately, and we're not like doing it in person and like dropping a bomb on them. Um, so I think that that's also how I felt about like posting something, or obviously I think just messaging people is is the way to go. But you know, I think it's kind of weird too how sometimes we perceive people who are in a couple and our interactions with them. Where I'm kind of going with this is I saw both of you guys when you came into my uh, place of business. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I did not know this yet. I, and, and I just I like... Think it was... Was it, yeah, it we, official by that point? No, no, no. I think we decided like three days after that. Okay. Oh, yeah, but yeah. I you after that. Yes, and then and you let I, me know. After that... <laughs> But I did not say it then when I saw you because I was like I could, but that's like weirdly dropping a bomb at your place of work. So I was like, I'm I just gonna. That. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm just gonna sit on this and I'll have Madeline send the. Especially because you work in a gun shop and that's a really loaded place. To <laughs> oh have it. no! But you you were saying something. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. But I guess the point I was getting to is as soon as you let me know that. Like, I went over my entire interaction that I mm. had with you guys in my head, and I was like, did I fuck something up? Oh, like, no. <laughs> did I do anything wrong? Like, did I say something wrong? Because I was under the assumption that mm. maybe you guys had already had that mm -hmm. incident happen. And <laughs> the incident. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. Um, <laughs> and, and I don't know. Have you guys received any, 
like what's been the reaction from your friend groups? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely the instant reaction for some of our closest friends was like, "Are you guys okay?" and like really being like super like caring about it, which is super nice. But it but what was funny to us is like we genuinely were fine, and like we didn't really need to like you know like we weren't like putting on a brave face. I think some people thought that was kind of the case that we were just trying to be like positive, you know, outwardly, and we were like dying inside, or that one of us was okay and the other one wasn't. Yes, so, like, yes. So we both got individual messages from individual friends being like, I know you're saying you're okay, but if you need to talk, blah, 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 yeah. which, which is, is nice. So nice. Very nice. <laughs> we love our friends. Um, but yeah, so I think, <laughs> oh, um, yeah, so that was like our friends. And, but then as soon as we like talked more with them, they totally got it. And everyone of course was super supportive off the bat, but definitely people were like more concerned than I think we were expecting. But then like our parents, like your mom and my parents were automatically just like oh yeah totally that makes sense like <laughs> with like no like we're worried about you or anything like that. which like it was really funny because I and I appreciate it because like I didn't really want it to be like a whole like emotional thing and like obviously I think telling our family telling my family I was way more nervous about than like telling my friends and stuff um but yeah no but ever they were just like totally like oh no that totally makes sense I think it's just because they I think as parents maybe they're more attuned to like paying attention to us as like individuals Individuals as opposed to like the couple or whatever and so they were just like I think being more aware of like how we were changing as people and like the dynamic was shifting whereas our friends were maybe more just kind of like I don't know it's different obviously the way your parents observe you versus your friends but yeah, yeah. so yeah so it's, it's been interesting to get kind of all those different reactions but of course overall everyone has been very very nice and supportive and cool so yeah, yeah that's awesome James I think it was you who mentioned the the grieving process going on before either of you talked about it, which I think is really interesting. I think that happens a lot in our lives. Like we start not just in relationships, but you know, it happens in the most obvious cases, like if a a loved one is sick for a long time and then passes away, for example. But I think also we can start to realize like, oh, this situation, whatever it is, a job or a place or something isn't right for me long before you vocalize it. And it can make your, your words have to kind of catch up to your emotions, which have already processed themselves. So I just I wanted to ask you a little more about that and the experience of kind of going through the emotions before you actually got to the point where you talked about it, which I think for some people can be surprising, like that this is how it turned out in the end. I pass. No. <laughs> That's our show, folks. Thanks so much for being here. How dare you? No. Um... Oh, no. Well, I think... Okay, Madeline, talk. Let me no, think. no, I just, right. just... I think you just said a lot. That was pretty much exactly it. And I think someone said to you something about, like, it's kind of like when your grandparent is sick for a while and you're able to kind of, like, think about it and prepare for it and kind of that all happens. And then when they die, it's sad, but it's not, you know, completely soul-crushing because, like, you were pretty sure it was going to happen, that kind of thing. Um, right, rather than someone, say, dying in a car accident or something suddenly Suddenly, then it's like if we just broke up and we hadn't it was just like you did a terrible thing and we're breaking up that would have been devastating but to i don't know (sighs) is it fair to say that you know one one example is kind of like thinking about you know the trauma that can come from things ending in our lives or you know things changing in our lives one is more spread out versus one is more like instantaneous and you're like oh i have to deal with this all at once mm-hmm. so it seems 
perhaps is it fair to say that like you spread it out and, and had time to deal with it over a long time, even though, you know, sad that you, you weren't able to vocalize it at first. Right. right. Yeah, it was it was definitely spread and evenly so, and but also subconsciously so. So you are dealing with it, but you're not knowing you're dealing with it. There were like I had mentioned before, there were times when we're like, what is happening? Yeah. Why am I crying? <laughs> I'm crying and I don't know why. Um, I recommend it. <laughs> I mean, no, because you do end up in a place when it when it could be at its worst that it's actually coming out of a then it comes to a place of acceptance first, which is a little backwards, I guess. But that's great too because I feel like a lot of times people break up and they're immediately catapulted into like bad decisions because they are not emotionally ready. Like like everything that you guys are saying seems very incredibly emotionally intelligent like all of it (laughs) yeah it's annoying actually (laughs) i don't think it's annoying i I was kidding um thank you i (laughs) i mean i don't think of myself as being super emotionally enlightened in that sense but well geez (laughs) all props to my mom and my brother and all the people in my life who helped me with that kind of stuff um not me apparently no (laughs) ouch Wow. You're, it's just, I don't even have to mention. Yeah. Well, there's the second incident. (laughs) No, you're just so ingrained in there. I don't even have to mention your name. Um, no, but, but it's weird because it's like, it doesn't feel that conscious. And I think that's what's kind of like cool about it is like, we don't have, like, I don't have to feel like I'm like, oh, I really have to like figure out like all this stuff. Like it just kind of happened, which kind of sounds fake. But I mean, but obviously I think that obviously we were able to get to this point because of like whatever all the emotional work that we've done and all the time that we've spent like connecting as people that it makes it easier and whatever like for to do that kind of work right and it also helps that we were friends first like it's the foundation is is this friendship that we have right now that it was always there so then to slowly evolve from a romantic relationship back to or just down to what a friendship would be or what a, I guess a dictionary definition of what our cultural definition of what a, just a friendship is to get to that point and realize this is still okay. Right. Eh. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's the big thing is being able to chunk out or maybe not chunk out, maybe spread across a spectrum, the types of love that you have. So you have your friendship love and you have your romantic love and you have all this I mean, love's crazy. Love's yeah. like, I mean, I mean, in my head, I view it as like a three-dimensional spectrum. There's like, all it's, I've, everyone is in a specific spot in different places. But you have like people that you are friends with that you love deeply. You have your family. You have and you have people that you are friends with that you have attraction to. You have people that you're just attracted to. You have people that you may love unconditionally. All the way over here, which is a weird one. <laughs> eh. And I I feel like we're very much in a cultural moment, too, where we're asked to label a lot of the time the types of love or the kinds of love that we have. And for a lot of people, that can be really empowering, like especially in the LGBT community, that that can be really empowering. But for other people or other situations where they don't fit like a standard definition, you know, that that's where things get kind of hairy. Gray. We prefer the word gray. (laughs) It's like, it's my favorite color. No, Um, no, but it's true. You, you start to at least maybe out of necessity. And at least for me, uh, 
growing up and going through all the I don't want to call them mistakes, but I made I made mistakes in in my love life before, and I was always overly attached. And growing through that, and making those mistakes, I was able to get to a point where I started to see the grayness of it all. And you start to see, okay, I have this friend who maybe I have some attraction to, but it doesn't need to. It's not like then I have a crush, and if and if I try to pursue that person and they say no then i'm not friends with them anymore or you just or you just live with it and um and then it goes away or it doesn't go away or whatever it's like it's if you can hold on to those things i mean it's love it's all good (laughs) i don't not to sound flippant but like any kind of love that you're feeling about anyone is probably probably pretty yeah is is a good thing and if to hold on to it in whatever form it is rather than try to put it in a box or push it away. Because, or push it away yeah. because it's wrong or because it doesn't fit into the box. You're like, well, that this doesn't make sense. I'm going to ignore that. No, just like, this is how I love this person. Mm-hmm. And that's... Nah. Yeah. Feel your emotions, kids. Exactly. Yes. I mean, it's true. Yeah, let, let yourself feel what you're feeling. Yeah. We've talked about this in our own relationship recently, especially as we're getting ready to move uh, to a place where we don't know anyone, really. We have mm-hmm. some f- family there, but that's it. And... Well, sorry, that sounded very dismissive. We have some family there, and they're amazing, oh, but yes. we don't know and any. <laughs> and Uncle Rich, <laughs> woo! I can't wait to drop the hot Uncle Rich deets. Oh, oh my, my god, gosh. the Uncle Rich episode is going to be oh my ridiculous. God. I can't wait. I'm so ready. <laughs> I hadn't hung out with. My... We're gonna. We'll have a whole two something. But I hadn't hung out with my Uncle Rich really since I was oh. a kid. And he and Aunt Linda are not well, – this is actually incredibly appropriate for this conversation. Ooh, they have not been married in years and years, but they live together. She just moved back – every time she yes. goes to Arizona, she stays with him, and she just permanently moved back into his house. Yes. And they, have, they haven't been married in 20 yeah. years or something. I, mean, I don't know, a long they time. They Valentine's Day cards for each other oh. that were really sweet. And They're yes. co-raising dogs. Yeah. Yes. That – So yep. <laughs> when we went to find our apartment in Tucson this past week, we just got back from yesterday, um, and folks who are listening to this show will just have heard the story of that. Uh, (laughs) when we got there, it was the first time I had had really a a conversation as an adult with my Uncle Rich, because I, I, you know, I lived in Tucson before, and he was there, but I, he was running a restaurant, I barely saw him, Mm. and Owen had never met him before, Mm. and I just gotta say, of course, Aunt Linda will be on regular episodes when we are in Tucson, but Uncle Rich is definitely gonna have some storytelling with Uncle Rich time, because it... (laughs) We were both kind of amazed. Oh, my yeah, gosh. It was awesome. Yeah, amazing. But anyway, uh, that's a tangent from the point, <laughs> yes, which was, no, no love that's it. fine. Always. <laughs> um, we, we're moving to some place where we don't really know anyone. Mm-hmm. And so for some time, at least, we are going to depend for our emotional interaction almost exclusively on each other. Mm-hmm. However, for a variety of reasons that I've kind of hinted at in this podcast before, um, I have mostly been a hermit here in State College for the last few years. And so I barely have any friends now. I mean, I don't I don't see anybody with any regularity, mm-hmm. maybe two people every few months at the most. Wow. And so we've been talking about how much we depend on each other for everything mm. and the ways in which that's not super healthy. Yeah. Right. And, um, <laughs> and so I guess uh, as we're kind of getting to the end here, I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you guys to both comment on an idea that you obviously I'm sure you have other people in your friends group. Maybe I, I I imagine you do. Yes. But you've been in this place where you have friends among right? your confirmed <laughs> among your you know your yeah. best friends and your romantic relationships were found in the same mm-hmm. you know like the same person or uh, you know a lot of that was in the same person for yeah. each other, and now that's kind of 
changing, and I'm just wondering how you're going to kind of refocus where you place your attention and love. I don't think we have to, because uh, a, a point of philosophy in the foundation of our friendship was that I can't be everything to you, and you won't be everything to me. You won't be able to get everything from me, and same. So we were always reaching out and having other people for other parts of your emotional growth and your those kinds of friends. So, yeah, we were both sturdy in, like, I have uh, several people in my life that I am a very emotionally... I want to say dependent on but connected. you know connected to that i that i can go to that isn't that aren't madeline and that's been like that for years and we've built that into that understanding because again as i as i said earlier with my love life growing up and being super attached i came out of that with an understanding that i need to not be so attached so i need to be able to a spread out that focus that i had my love focus <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> the second worst Mike Myers movie. <laughs> Gross. No, but to to spread that light across other people versus spotlighting it on one person and then driving them insane because they can't fulfill everything that I need. And Madeline was like, yeah, that makes sense. And so she did the same. And that way we, we were able to have a very stable group of people around us that we were able to draw from. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, I think I I struggled with it more than you because, well, you had kind of figured it out because we are eight years apart. So there's, you know, life that happened, right? Eight ish ish. I know. It's I know. Like Wookie minutes. numbers. <laughs> we got to bump up our yeah. numbers. <laughs> Come back to me when you found some real age difference. <laughs> No, but yeah, no, yeah, en enough that it was like, you know, yeah, enough life things had happened for him that had necessarily hadn't happened for me. So I think so definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you were. Yeah, he was definitely kind of at that place. I was like figuring it out. And I think I still continuing to in ways. Um, but no, yeah, definitely. That was always a foundation and always a foundation of like, you know, friendship. Also, like other romantic interests you know we were like it was never ever gonna be like you know he would always support me if i wanted to go and like whatever like date another person or something yes, leave me if you have the chance like <laughs> no but like but like okay fine but to go back to like feel your emotions yeah. and like figure it out but it's okay because i've been through some stuff <laughs> so like i i, I can deal yeah. If you feel that you want to go somewhere else. Exactly. We have had a very, very similar situation, too. Oh, yeah. Because I was very much like you, where I would get super ultra connected in my mm. relationships. Mm. And then I would be like a barnacle. No. Like a love barnacle. <laughs> and it's like, maybe don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I'm 72 and you're 24. Well, but that, too. Like, you really taught me in the beginning of our relationship, like, Again, we had like multiple versions of that conversation mm -hmm. where like I'm not going to be everything for you and you can't be everything for me. Right. And that's cool. Like you need to have other people in your yes. life. <laughs> um and then also too, like it's a little bit different I think in our particular case when we started dating because you never wanted to live with anybody ever again. Oh. Um and then very quickly after that I started living with you. <laughs> um, yeah, when someone comes over and refuses to leave, it's funny how fast you're suddenly <laughs> living with someone again. It's not that I refuse to leave, it's that I suddenly was not living in a safe situation and mm. you said, "Hey, come crash with me." And then I never left. Aww. Um but you, you we also talked a lot about 
it's okay if this thing ends, which I had mm. never experienced before. And so whenever, you know, a relationship would end for me, it would be like catastrophic in my mind, right. like into my emotional center. And then obviously I never want a relationship to end. I think that's both of our goals <laughs> in this married, scenario. So. Yeah. Right. We got bewetted. Um, <laughs> I will but. say one thing about we are 22 years apart and mm. so and I was married for 15 years. Right. And because I'm so much older, one thing that was really important to me was uh, that Owen not suddenly feel forced to go from at the time we met twenty to forty five, right? You know, right? Like you don't have to skip all the stuff that you normally would have done if you hadn't suddenly started dating at right. a you know forty something year old. But the joke's on us because I was already forty five. <laughs> As it turns out, Owen is so much older than I am and way more a dad. So actually, I'm the one who keeps our relationship youthful, which I never expected. Yes, yeah. love that. No, yeah, I think I think we had similar kind of conversations. Yeah. Yeah, definitely it was kind of like you know go live your life do whatever you need to do but then a similar thing of like i i feel the same like i've always felt older and i'm like i don't need to hang out with people my own age and go do things no thank you um yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah but it was always discussed which is good yeah definitely <clears throat> yeah so uh this i don't know how long the first part of this episode is going to be because we haven't recorded it yet but this is Hello. already uh, a, a, probably an epic length episode which is awesome because <laughs> i think it's super Rock fascinating <laughs> um i'm so happy you guys came especially because uh given that we're leaving in 10 days yeah. th this might be our last time to record together in person for a while um it's it's so great that you were willing to share this story and i think I hope that maybe for some people listening to this, it offers them up some other options for how to navigate relationships. Yes. Because we definitely in this country, we have a, a rom-com and, you know, <sighs> lifetime movie kind of mm -hmm. approach to all. Yeah. <laughs> all. Exactly. All relationships are, you know, epic. And when they end, yeah. it's tragic. And there's no space in between. And nope. Or it's like everybody loves Raymond where it's super unhealthy. Yes. Inherently woman hating. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. Like and your like your suffer through your relationship. Yes. Like bogged down by your relationship. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Definitely. So we've been talking uh, on this episode. I don't even know what number episode it is. Eight hundred and seventy-five. <laughs> um, with James McCready and Madeline Beaver. It's been so great to talk to both of you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much to Madeline and James for being on the show. And I encourage you to go back and listen to the episodes when the show was a 10-minute daily thing. Madeline was on for a couple days, three days, I think. And she was absolutely fascinating and inspiring. And you should go back and, uh, and check those out. And if I were a better host, I would have looked up which episode numbers they are. But anyway, her name is Madeline Beaver. Just go to abriefchat.com and find it out for yourself. Uh, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for being with us. We, you know, again, we're in the process of moving. And so I don't know if things might be a little scattered, but we're doing our best. Of course, there was no first Friday poetry episode this month. Uh, and I don't know, maybe it might be till March till a poetry episode happens again. But anyway, we'll hop back on everything. Of course, the first Friday in March is like two days after we move. Oh, <laughs> so, God. So. Look, by April, everything will be sorted out. <laughs> but in any case, uh, I hope that we will see you again soon. Uh, we love it when you write to us or, or tweet at us or tweet about us. We'd love it if you become a member. And thanks for all the best wishes from everybody, too, and reaching out to us and asking how we were like in Tucson. We, we really appreciate it. Yeah, that's been really amazing. So that's it for our show. I love you. I love you. We, we love, love you. A better, better world, world is, is possible. possible.